0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Night Podcast, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. My name is Chris Yao, and as always, I'm joined by Maurice Patton. Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. Like we said, our title sponsor, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Of course, Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, and Custom Stone Handlers. Custom Stone Handlers believes in leadership, and outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. Contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit CustomStoneHandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Today we are joined by former Columbia State Baseball player and current Chargers head baseball coach, Mike Korn. Coach, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, Chris, Maurice, thank you so much. It's great to be on here with you guys today.
2: Hey, we're really looking forward to um to picking your brain a little bit in this um in these uncertain times, as everybody is so fond of saying, Mike. Um, you know, I was out at a rare live baseball game last week down at Spring Hill. They were able to um, honor their seniors with a senior night. And I spoke to a former junior college baseball player and his dad. And they just talked about um, what the landscape of Juco baseball is going to look like this next calendar year. It's going to be different, obviously, as is everything different from anything anybody's ever seen but the angles that are going to make it different with high school recruits coming in with JUCO kids sticking around with division one kids coming down I mean roster management is going to be is
1: is that objective a for you guys Maurice it is it's certainly the the market has been flooded with with players, Um, you know, you have a – you have a leftover group that many decided to stay and play another year in junior college, which when that decision first happened, we weren't sure that the numbers that were going to say, hey, you know, I'm coming back. um, uh, Out of about 17, I think we had about 12 of our guys decide to come back. So, you know, that – you have that leftover and then the new influx of of high school, the typical for us – 12 to 15 to 20 new freshmen coming in and then the transfer market is really uh, exploded. Not only this summer, it'll even be probably even a greater uh, spike of it when it comes Christmas break. When, when these other four-year schools, they, they have 50, 60, 70 kids in fall camp and, and kids are looking around going, wait a second, you know, where do I fit in? So I think, uh, uh, roster management for the better of the kid and the player is really difficult because we're going to have so many players, there's going to be less reps. All kinds of factors go in, but I think, like, like you said, roster management, how you do it, who you keep, maybe who you let go, which are some tough decisions, will be the, will be the big key.
0: When you look at the overall aspect of your particular situation specifically, how do you feel like s- Columbia State matches up s- statewide and nationally as far as that roster management goes? Do you feel comfortable where you are now? Uh,
1: well, I think I like the group that we, we have coming, returning. Uh, we did a couple of our, our um, big arms, our, our weekend arms did move on. Uh, Brandon Johnson to Ole Miss, and Ben aired to uh, East Tennessee State. And then two of our outfielders, Cameron Ridley, went to East uh, Eastern Kentucky. Um, Cody Hutcherson on to Keene College, and then uh, our corner guy, DH um, Stephen Mentor, went to Columbus State down in Georgia. So we lost five players overall, but a big chunk coming back. Uh, we have been we've benefited a little bit from from the from the transfer market. We've nabbed a couple freshmen. Um, about four or five freshmen who would either have been drafted or probably went on to a Division One, if the roster um, the roster wasn't so full. But we haven't landed, you know, a big transfer as far as a guy leaving um, an SEC, ACC, you know, Power Five school. But I think we'll have that opportunity come, come Christmas break. I haven't seen everyone's rosters. Fall rosters hasn't come out to know exactly how we compare. But I think we have a solid group of young men for sure.
2: Mike, you don't have to deal with the um, fall, fall season not being a championship season because that's not a situation for you guys anyway. So I guess you got to kind of take a deep breath and, and and mop your forehead over that. But say a Colton Bryant, even um, your your men's and women's basketball programs that would be playing games that mattered in the fall semester – aren't going to be doing that. Um, different landscape as far as that
1: goes. Maurice, it it, wor- it concerns me a little bit, not because they're not – that they're not playing, that we won't play this – when it comes spring. It worries me that we're not having some athletic events and sporting events rolling in the fall to where administration, uh, game management um, – we can make decisions based on number of positive results. Uh, there's not – I was hoping that we would play more this fall where where we could go through a, uh, a season of either soccer or basketball and and decisions could be made on, all right, well, you know, if you have five people uh, test positive or if the other team has people positive, you know, how do we react to that? And so that, I think that's the biggest negative of not playing is, is just that – we're not gonna have experience navigating games and uh, you know just, just yesterday the Marlins I think uh, banged two two games because they had an outbreak. You know, what's that gonna look like for us? And if we'd have played some college athletics in in our league this fall, man, but by the by the time baseball rolled around, I think we'd have a roadmap on how to handle it. So that, that's that, that is that is certainly a concern.
2: And and that roadmap is gonna be one that everybody's kind of negotiating together. Come January, then
1: basically, C- correct. And we've we've uh, Foster Chasen, our um, uh, director, our commissioner, and the athletic directors, athletic directors have put together a, a navigation plan. That's another buzzword, you know. Uh, how, how do we navigate navigate things? But we have a big navigation plan of, and it's broken into phases, like a lot of other uh, higher education. Um, entities have, have done where all right phase one we can do this phase two we can do that you know phase three so on and so forth and so you know that's something that, that we're dealing with as a conference that um, we want to try to stay together on and stay unified on where we don't have one school going and doing this another school going and doing that but again I mean it's it's uh, Chris Parker I was on a meeting of 800 last week in the JCAA and at the end he just says hey this is our plan. This is what we have, and it may change. So, I mean, it's just that's it's the it's the nature of the beast right now.
2: How do you like those eight hundred person meetings? I was on one with about thirty six a couple of weeks ago, and and it was um
1: interesting to say the least. Well, they they did a good job with it. They there were three or four different presenters from the NJCAA, and however they set up the meeting, everyone was muted other than you could type in your comments. You couldn't speak to, to those, those four or five presenters. And they, they just went through different aspects of it, uh, what, how it's going to affect recruiting and um, eligibility and, and the whole deal. But it, 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 was, it was long, about four four hours or something like that. But it was, it was, it was necessary and it, it was good. But now if everybody could chime in, boy, would that have been a disaster.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Visiting with Columbia State – Charger head baseball coach, Mike Korn. Coach, we have seen in the Middle Tennessee area specifically a lot of summer league baseball being played over, you know, in the last couple of months, Uh, even at the the high school level and with guys who are going to be playing college, those juniors and seniors, both have been playing a lot of tournaments. Um, And with people coming in from all over the country, especially to the Music City uh, Classic here, Is that a positive for you? Do you feel like that is something that you can take to your people and say, hey, look, we have seen baseball work without, you know, too big of an issue? Right. Uh,
1: Chris, it's something that we've mentioned in in our meetings. And, uh, you know, you go to these games, and it's almost like business is normal, to be honest. I mean, you're not seeing them practice – any kind of social distancing whatsoever and baseball's just been playing normal. And we've taken that to them, but I, I just don't, the, the response that we get, and I think it's the same, whether it's NJCAA or NCAA uh, those, those private entities running those tournaments um, they're not maybe under the same scrutiny as a, as a college or university might be. If, if something goes wrong, and uh, so, I mean, I think, I think the issue is not as much what can we do to make baseball safe because we, we've discussed that. Um, not, you know, no, no usage of the locker rooms, um, uh, changing dugout practices, masks on in the dugout. Uh, the game itself is, is pretty socially distanced as far as, probably as much as any other team sport. So uh, I think they realize that it only – X number of people in the weight room at once, and, and there's all kinds of precautions we can take. But I think it's just the overall landscape that the administrators are, are scared about, and the and the general feeling of, of what's going on across the country, and and, and they're not wrong with that. But uh, the fact that we're seeing a bunch of amateur summer leagues, um, it's it's at first I was really excited about it. I was pumping my fist going, "Yeah, we're going." But then I, I just don't see our administrators seeing it the same way maybe that us coaches do. But that, that's, you know, that, that's their job. And sometimes it's money-based too when it comes to, um, um, say, a, a big tournament in Atlanta. I mean, oh, sure. you know, you, it's, 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 it's the city of, of Kennesaw getting in it or the, or the city of Marietta getting in on it and saying, all right, you know, we're going to allow this because of this, this, and this because it's so much commerce it brings, you know, into the city. And Nashville is no different than that. Um, you have a hundred teams coming in to to whatever town. Um, you know that's that's a big boost in the in the economy, which which which, which, which we need. But I just think I think it's looked at upon a little bit differently, Chris. And and more liability, I think uh, our administration looks leans towards that part rather than oh, how can baseball be safe? Well, how can it be perfectly safe, or can it be perfectly safe? And I think that's that's their viewpoint on it.
2: You know, Mike, we, we led off the show talking about roster management and, and all the diff, the influx of players from different areas and angles. Um, I was telling somebody that if anybody was going to televise the Junior College World Series, this would be the year to do it because, um, you know, the level of competition as a result of all of those impacts is going to be different, again, than anything you've seen. I mean – are you anticipating this season once you get on the field from a competitive standpoint?
1: I, Maurice, I, I, think, I think it'll be the, the most talented junior college crop of players ever. Um, you know, maybe maybe minus way back in the, in the early days and maybe the 70s where, where it, was, it was really um, some of the junior college teams were better than, than the, the, the SEC teams then. And, it, and there was a January draft, you know, and it, everything was, it was just a lot, it was a lot different back then. But in, in, in modern times, in modern junior college baseball, I think you're going to see some teams come out of nowhere, like a team that maybe was, has not been good. And, and, but they have, they have landed X number of, of transfers due to the, the situation and, and they're going to they're have, they're going to have a really, really strong team. and, the, the years, if you look at the rosters, even before the, the COVID um, pandemic, the rosters of teams who get to Grand Junction, those teams who are really good, whether it's an Iowa Western, whether it's a Columbia State in 2014, whether it's a Walters State, a Chipola, they have a pretty big chunk of transfers on that roster. It's The the makeup of that roster will have a, a core of, of guys who left Florida State, who left Mississippi State, who left wherever, and it's always been a big part of, of good junior college baseball. But now, you know, w- will it create some more? Will it create more parity? Maybe, but I think you're going to have surprise teams that you know nobody. You know, you, you I bet you'll see a team or two that has never been to Grand Junction make it because they were in the right place, at the right time. They worked hard. They got after it. They're able to land some of these uh, uh, these transfers, and boom! Next thing you know, they're in, they're in the national tournament.
0: It's really interesting to talk about the, the way that the aspect of, of junior college baseball has changed over the years. Like you said, early in the, the, the junior college days, baseball was one of the most competitive sports in junior college, and, and it's changed over the years, but it still serves a major purpose. And uh, as Last Chance you football, the last season of that, comes up in the next week or two uh that you know it's not necessarily the same for baseball but you got you do have some of those guys who you know this is their their best shot to make it to the next level and how do you you know how do you take on that responsibility of ushering those kids from one level to the next
1: You know, that's Chris. That's one of the first things that really, probably drew me to junior college coaching. I played there. Uh, Coach Ammons and Coach Crutcher both played junior college. But that that the ability to see those young men move on to the next level and help help mold them or sharpen their sword is a is a phrase that we use to allow them to go on and compete at a higher level. You know, I was I was in the four year realm for about ten years, probably probably about 10 years before I went to the junior college uh, stage. And a lot of that, a lot of, when you're done with those guys, their playing career is over. Uh, You know, there's a small percentage that move on and play pro ball. And, and we just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a developmental, it's a process focused program that we run and, and we work, try to work on the, the small building blocks of the game and teach them how to play the game a certain way. And, and it's just it's it's a part of the big enjoyment of of coaching that level. They're they're sponges. They want to be better. They wanna they want to move on. They want to have a chance to get a degree. They want to have a chance to be drafted. They want to have a chance to to move on to a to a Division One or or the best certainly the best level they can go. And so it's gratifying for us to to be a part of that journey for them and and be a catalyst to those guys moving on and and get to see them play a couple more years and then. We still have a few guys, Ronnie Jabavi and, and Riley Delgado. Uh, Casey Delgado is coming back from arm injury. Some of those guys still playing pro ball. So to, to get to just see them mature those first two years, because I think they grow in that 19 to 21 age group faster in the game than probably um, any, anywhere else in their career. And to get them to see, to be a part of that and see them move on and, and, and see a Brandon Johnson go to Ole Miss is, is pretty pretty special, pretty gratifying.
2: Mike, you kind of touched on it, but um, it kind of forces you as a coach to to attack things differently because not only are you recruiting kids from the high school level and transfers, but you're also trying to, to move kids along to the next level and, and networking up as well as down. Um, Coming from the four-year realm to Jukes, how 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 do you feel like you've gone about
1: adapting that mindset? Well, Marisa, I think it's it's a network-driven sport. Uh, recruiting some of our best players, we hear about. Right? I think you and I have had that conversation before. We hear about them before we ever see them, and mm-hmm. so you know we have it. We have a network of of people that 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 trust me as a coach that have seen our guys go on and, and perform really well. You, you develop a reputation, reputation. I think, you know, we've had 50 whatever division one guys since I've been at Columbia state leave here. And, and, and that's, that's a, that's a big number. And, and you just get that reputation as, as a, as a program of being a development uh, um, fundamental uh, driven team uh, program. And these guys leave here and they, you know, that they might be at East Tennessee State and they see this guy play really well. And, and uh, he's, he's at Appalachian State and he looks down and he says, man, that guy's from Columbia State. I love how that guy plays. And then you get a call from them saying, hey, you know, we saw so-and-so play. So it'd be, it's, it's a network-driven thing. And, and, and then results speak for themselves. We've had a bunch of good guys go out of here and, and, and do well. And having all those playing – being in the four-year – for ten years – just make, make a lot of friends and you know same way in the in the sports information world and sports media you know you you get tips or you get you get the inside scoop because of the people you know and and, and you go back to them and they come back to you and and you know we have a say a good guy to go to Lipscomb and they love our guy and then they have a player leaving they so Mike hey you know we, we got a guy leaving here you might want to be interested in him so it's a two-way street and works works that way and it's gosh this whole world's about relationships you guys know that and 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 developing those and maintaining those is, is is how you how you stay in the game
0: Coach, thanks so much for joining us i know that it's uh you, you've had a great time uh, just kind of getting out into the woods and doing some some life stuff and I know that's that it yeah sometimes getting a chance to do that and getting a chance to take a break can be a good thing so we appreciate you yeah. taking time to do oh. that and, and to to join us so we really do I,
1: I appreciate you guys having me on and it's been I think it's been great for the American family in a lot of ways you, you have so many coaches spending time with their families and their and their children and we' normally you're, you're not with with them and so you know hopefully coming out of this the the shining If there is one is is that maybe a stronger bond in that American family, which I think we need so much and that they've been uh, I've heard that so many times over the last couple months that man, you know, I've seen my children more than I've seen them, um, you know, in the last however many uh, months and same thing with my dad getting to see my dad and my brother and some of my family was was um, um, was really great. I appreciate you guys having me on, Chris. Maurice, you guys are awesome and, and do a good job there in the area of staying on top of the sports and keeping it in the, uh, in, the, in the public's eye, and we appreciate all that you guys do. Hey, thanks, Mike. We appreciate it.
0: When we come back, we're going to be joined by um, Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Doctor, and we will let you know a little bit more about what's going on. Once again, Mike Korn, head baseball coach at Columbia State. Thanks so much for joining us. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. And welcome back to Sports Night Podcast presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, we are joined now by Dr. Jeffrey Adams, who is a doctor at Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Welcome, Mr. Adams. Thanks for, uh, for joining us.
3: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, so.
0: Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself and, and what you do at uh, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
3: Uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, did my uh, undergraduate at University of Tennessee in Knoxville. I did medical school at University of Tennessee in Memphis. I did my residency in orthopedics over in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've been here at Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint since 1991. Uh, I've been uh, a team physician for Columbus Central High School for 22 or 23 years, and then I let the younger partners take over that, and now I do uh, Marshall County uh, schools. I'm team doctor for them. Uh, my practice is mainly sports medicine and primarily shoulder surgery.
0: So, I'm sure you see a lot of uh, shoulder injuries, especially in sports, and what uh, what do you feel like has been um, – ha- has it been a difference that you've seen with the, the lack of spring sports, especially with the shoulders? Have you seen a, a, a little bit of a drop-off since this,
3: Abs- absolutely the spring
0: sports kind of shut down a little?
3: Yes. You know, th- we saw, you know, in the spring usually we see a lot of uh, baseball, softball players, a lot of throwing injuries in the shoulder uh, with – all those sports gone away. Uh, you know, we're not getting the overuse injuries of uh, people throwing and throwing and throwing because, you know, people just have not been participating. I know some of the travel teams have started back up and I have seen a few, uh, shoulder, uh, throwing injuries, uh, once they've kind of gotten going again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a drop off, uh, from that standpoint. And also, you know, with all the COVID-19, you know, they're not allowing contact right now for sports, so we're not seeing the uh, traumatic, like, shoulder dislocations, subluxations that you see in the football players, you know, from, from usually from direct contact. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a big drop-off from that standpoint, so.
0: I want to ask you real quick, it, it seems especially in your in your area of expertise in the shoulders with baseball and softball, like you said, uh, we we've talked to a couple of different, you know, coaches and athletic directors and even players and it
1: uh, to get your. Or perserver exerts doing one particular motion.
0: Is that something that you, you would, that you think would be beneficial to play those different sports?
3: Uh, yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but I, if I, let me just repeat the question from what I heard of it, it is is uh the question, uh, does playing multiple sports decrease the risk of injuries as far as to the shoulder? Is that correct, Okay, so, uh, Correct. Yes. I do think uh, cross-training makes a big difference, uh, you know, in, in because different sports work different muscles. Uh, if you just do the same sport, say if you're a pitcher, for instance, and all you do is pitch year-round, you know, you're just putting a tremendous amount of stress on your rotator cuff. You put a lot of stress on your ligaments of your elbow. You know, that's why you see these Tommy John injuries younger and younger and younger that, you know, we never saw in, in high school athletes or, you know, or little league Babe Ruth, you just didn't see Tommy John injuries. Uh, And then, you know, and and we'll skip this year because we just hadn't seen anything like that this year because nobody's throwing, but let's say last year, you you, see more and more kids that, you know, even in high school, are damaging, damaging the ligaments of their elbow, damaging their rotator cuff. Uh, you know, and these are big injuries that are very difficult to recover from. And you really put your sports career in jeopardy for the future. You get hurt as a uh, eighth grader or ninth grader, there's very little chance you're gonna go to college and play that sport. Because, uh, you know, once you've been hurt, it, it's super hard for you to get back to the level you were before. So, uh, so that that's uh, so cross training makes a big difference because say just for instance like shooting a basketball, it's it still involves the shoulder, but it's a different set of muscles. You know, it's not a pure rotator cuff function, uh, and and it's actually different parts of your rotator cuff. There's four muscles that make up your rotator cuff. There's one in the front, one on the top, and two in the back. Uh, what you see in the throwers is they they get damaged to the posterior aspect of their rotator cuff because their ligaments stretch out and so they get a wobble in their shoulder and puts a lot of stress on their posterior rotator cuff. In basketball, because it's more the shoulder is more uh, neutral, you don't put that stress on the posterior cuff at all. So, so it, even people with damage or tear cuts can play basketball. And so just, so it works different muscles. It's going to work your deltoid muscle more. It's going to work, you know, and you work more on flexibility. And so doing multiple sports, I I think is a great idea. You know, I, I think there's a trend definitely going back to doing multiple sports, you know, it got, several years ago that everybody got so sports specific that, you know, you, you say, oh, a, this kid's a really good baseball player. He's going to play travel baseball. He's going to take pitching lessons in the, in the, when, in the off season and only play one sport so he can get so good at that sport that he can go to college in that sport and go to the professional in that sport. And clearly it's been shown that the, the kids that have played multiple sports tend to do better and have less injuries.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I think you're exactly right. The trend is heading in the right direction. Once again, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Adams at Mid-Tennessee Bona and Joint, thank you for joining us, and we appreciate everything you guys are doing over there, and uh, hopefully you will be uh, back on the, the, the sidelines here soon. We hope so. We
3: hope we're lucky to play this fall, so thank you so
0: much. We'll be right back on Sports Night, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. And welcome back to Sports Night, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint thanks to dr jeffrey adams for taking some time with us today um he was very gracious to take some time and tell us a little bit about what he does at mid tennessee barn and joint again we want to thank them so much for being our title sponsor also the additional sponsors back dental care columbia academy jones and lang and custom stone handlers um uh, maurice we've got a, a big month coming up we've got the magazine coming out mm-hmm. middle of august um But as of now, the schedules that will be in there are accurate. Um, Who knows what that may look like if we don't get back to football. But nonetheless, right now, TWSAA says we're playing uh, as soon as the governor says we are allowed to.
2: Yeah, the cover to the magazine may just have a big, fat asterisk on it. To, question mark. Uh, that too, yeah, or an asterisk <laughs> surrounded by question mark, or, no. or vice versa. I mean, it's um, As we were just saying with Mike, it, this is different than anything any of us has been through, and um, we're, as, as so many people are fond of saying, we're going to get through it together, but um, it's definitely going to be um, a journey into the unknown for sure. Certainly,
0: but we do want you to know that we will have the Fall Sports Preview Magazine coming out in the middle of August. Uh, we will be distributing those, hopefully directly to parents. So if you want a copy, make sure to let us know. You can find us on Facebook, um, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. You can find us on Twitter at sm_tn_sports. That's also our Instagram handle. Um, so find us there. Let us know you want a copy. We'll make sure to get you one somehow. If we have to mail it to you, we'll do that, whatever we have to do. We want to make sure that you guys uh, are as in the know as possible with girls' soccer, golf, cross country, volleyball, and, of course, high school football and all that comes with that. So we appreciate you guys being here with us. Once again, make sure to subscribe at www.sm-tnsports.com. Uh, it's absolutely free to subscribe, but you are absolutely welcome. There is a PayPal donation button on the front page. If you guys would like to support our calls, we would appreciate anything that you can give us. Thanks so much for that. And uh, as far as the rest of our podcasts go, we will continue uh, weekly until uh, at least the next couple of weeks. Uh, and hopefully volleyball will be starting up soon and we'll have some, high school sports to talk about so really exciting maurice uh, you got anything that that you need to let these
2: folks know about no just um you you pretty well covered it all we're, we're trying to stay on top of whatever develops between now and the time we do actually get on the fields courses and courts and so um Be sure and check us out via Twitter, via Instagram, via Facebook, and at the website, sm-tnsports.com. Again, as Chris said, um, feel feel free to subscribe there. It's a free subscription. Everything we write comes directly to your mailbox. So you don't even have to look for it. Just subscribe there, and and when we get it, you'll get it.
0: Absolutely. Well – Thanks so much for joining us once again on the Sports Night Podcast presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. For Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yao. Have a great day.